FMX Network production. A series of the most exciting action imaginable. Welcome to the Leanne Re-Raceables on PulpMX.com. Mathis and Weege revisit the instant classics from yesteryear, spotlighting those historic moto moments that simply never grow old. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Liat Re-Raceables podcast. Thanks for listening, man. Thank you to Liat, Liat.com. Uh, please check out everything that those guys got going on, which is a lot these days. Head to toe. They have you covered. You know them from the neck braces, right? But they got the helmets. They got boots. They got goggles. They got gear. Uh, they got mountain bike stuff. They have the uh, knee braces and stuff as well. Liat.com for more information on that. Thank you to those guys. They sponsor Nuclear Blast Yamaha. They sponsor Motor Concepts, guys. They sponsor a lot of people. And uh, so if you want to save at Liat.com, email us using the contact form on pulpbex.com. We'll pass that on to uh, Liat. We'll get a code for you, and you can save at Liat.com. Thank you to Maxis as well and Blenzall for coming on. And thank you, people, for the for the nice words for these uh, Liat Re-Raceables podcasts. People seem to like them. We've done some nationals. Uh, we have a Daytona coming up for you down the road a little bit. And uh, we're back to Supercross this week. Anaheim 2, 2014. Uh, of course, I'm Steve Mathis. With me to break down A2, 2014, it's Jason Wygan. What's up, Weech? Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, th- so I got to give it to you, man. Like, we're, we're partners on this podcast, and I came in hot with a few races that just had to be on this podcast. And sure. and, and those were good, and, and check those out in the archives. But you are coming with fire lately. 99 Glen Helen was your idea, and I loved it, right, because of Seb. Yep. 97 yep. High Point was your idea because of High Point coming up, and I loved it because it was Bradshaw, and I lost my shoe in the mud. You know, all that stuff. And, and, and then you come in with this one. And I'm like, that's also a great race. So, so wow. you're doing well. I didn't think of it that way. You're but, doing uh, well, again. It's a collaborative yeah. process. Um, literally every race that you're like, how about this one? I'm like, yes. So, good, well, good work. But I'll give you credit. You were the one that tracked down Seb. I figured Seb would never happen because he lives in Spain. But you made it happen. Oh, no. Seb and I. I mean, come on. Oh. We have a we have a relationship that goes a long way back. Oh, you wish so, you did. You wish. Well, what what a man! What a man! And, oh, and you know he wouldn't even man. he wouldn't even talk shit on uh, on JT. Like that's how classy he is. <laughs> it's true. Right. It's true. I'm sure he was wearing a suit when we called him on the phone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So this one is a really really good race. I was a media guy. 2014. Were you doing webcasts still? No, no, we they were, were in done the, in the box together. Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. Yeah. So uh, when did webcasts end? Uh, last season of that was 2010. Believe was it, or not. it really? Holy yeah. shit, Weege. Okay. Yeah, that epic 2011 season. We've now spent 10 friggin' plus years in the press box together. Can God. We, on another rant here, uh, on, on a race tech rant here, like, it's, okay. it's, uh, it's insane that they don't have the webcast still a little bit. Like, it's not a lot of money. And I know the TV package is better and you have on demand and you have international guys and everything else, but dude. Really? I feel like is there a need for an I audio feel, webcast when I, you have Peacock? I absolutely feel there would still be one. Yeah, I do. Wow. I mean, dude, I mean, is there a need for you can base... watch Peacock driving down the road on your phone? Don't I wouldn't say that I've done that personally, but I have. But is there a need for baseball on the radio? Hockey on the radio, right? They still do it. 
There's still people that work at night that have audio, that want to listen to an audio. You know, there's people that can't watch it. What whatever they're doing. You know, honestly, okay. they might want to revisit that. I mean, you could literally take your phone, log into Peacock, and watch on your phone if you're at work. <laughs> well, I think it's a little different than than. Okay. Can you really focus All on right. whatever job you have to do while you're watching Peacock? Uh, just listen and don't watch. Okay. All right. Um, let's get into this. So this is uh, this is fucking Chad Reed again. Like <laughs> this is that really sums it up it, quite well. I well, this is I. I tweeted, I'm pretty sure, I'm not going to go back to the archives, but I'm pretty sure it was this race that I tweeted, fucking Chad Reed did it again uh, after the race. And, and, and like, I got so many replies to it because I just, you know, he switched to Kawasaki. He had had a crappy 2013, um, you know, he had crappy uh, 2010, built himself back up with Team 2-2 on Honda. Then he had crappy 2013, and then he switches to Cowie. And then the guy wins Anaheim too in a, an amazing race uh and you're just like yep never count them out never ever count them out this is why as late as like two years ago when he got the Pontiac at uh or uh, the podium at the Detroit yeah on JGR you're like yep just <laughs> never count them out never count them out you just couldn't you just couldn't I mean I guess at this point he he we we do talk to Chad in this and he admits now he's done racing <laughs> but until he says it do not count them out. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's so 2014. Bro, he was on a Cowie. Like everybody remembered in 2010, he rode for factory Kawasaki. It did not go well at all. And then he left the team instead of coming back to honor a two-year deal. So when he said he was switching to Kawasaki four years later, everyone was like, what? What? This is crazy Chad Reed. He's grasping at straws. He's trying to find answers that aren't there. And then. For a couple of weeks at the beginning of the season, he was just as good as any rider in the world again. Yes, again. And, of course, you know, uh, for people who don't know, spoiler alert, at San Diego, he crashes and uh, he gets hurt. He's out for the year. I think he – does he hurt his knee? What is he? Hurt his knee? It was shoulder. Shoulder? Yeah. Okay. He was trying to pass Roxon on the last lap and uh, in the whoops. I've looked back at it. I think he sent it a little little hot and uh, on the last lap ran into the back of Roxon and the Whoops and went down yep. and then tried to race the next weekend in Dallas. Uh, we can get into that later. It yeah. didn't work out. Yeah, it didn't work out. But this he was uh, going into San Diego. He was two points out of the lead on Ryan Villapoto. Yeah, and he actually won not just this race we're going to cover today, Anaheim 2, but he wins Anaheim 3 also. Yes, yeah. Uh, Simply uh, incredible. Yeah, it, yeah. It's, uh, it's amazing. Um, the guy was just – yeah, he just um, – did it again, right? And, and yeah, we're gonna have, like you said, we're gonna have Chad Reed on the show, so that's awesome. And yeah, um, guess what, folks? He remembers everything from this race. <laughs> it's, there's a big difference between if you have a, if you ever have one of these with Timmy on. <laughs> uh, we just had Bradshaw. Doesn't remember, literally doesn't remember the first moto of that race we covered at all. Yeah. And then there's Chad, who remembers every lap of every race yeah. he's ever been in. It was great. So hold on, we're gonna get Chad Reed on the on the line, but. Yeah, he comes from the back. So this is, and you know what? We again, uh, Anaheim twenty fourteen. We got Villapoto, he's defending champion, right? We got Ryan Dungey, who's on his way to becoming an all timer. We got Ken Roxon's rookie year. We got Stu yep. and Chad. I yep. want to go back and appreciate this more. I don't think I did. I don't think I appreciated this oh, as stop. much. Yes, you did. Did I? I take umbrage with uh, when we talk to Chad here. He's like, oh, no, you guys never hyped up Stack Field back in my day. You only hype it up now. Bro, I remember Chad making the same complaint. I believe in 2012, we were hyping up Stack Field, 
And Chad was like bristling at the fact that guys like Weimer and Shorty uh, were in the yeah. hashtag Stackfield. Chad has hated the idea of Stackfield yeah, yeah, yeah. forever, yeah. Yeah. and we've been saying it forever. Every year we say it. Every year. Trust me, we said it. I just uh, – this is a really deep field, man. This is – well, like, like, okay. Well, I no, deep field is different from stacked. Like, deep means all the way. Like, the, there's some guys like, you know, that Will Hahn and Tedesco and JG and Nick and stuff like that. They're great riders. But, but you look at that top level. I mean, it goes back to your Indianapolis – no, what race did we do? With Jeremy in it and everybody in it, and we were, and you were making the point of like, look at the legends are in this race. We did, we did one. Oh, it was was it Phoenix Four? Uh, I don't know what race it was. Uh, I, you know what? I think I, I think I understand. Oh going no, this. Anaheim 05. Yeah. You were like, look at Anaheim 05. Oh, Anaheim, Anaheim uh, Jeremy McGrath, who, who's the There's bridge? No right, who's the bridge? Yeah. Travis Pastrana, who's the future? You got James. You got Ricky. Right. Yeah. yeah. Anaheim 05. The reason we did that right off the rip on this show. It's the only Supercross race ever. That had Chad, James, RC, McGrath, and Pastrana all on the starting gate. Only, yep. only race ever, ever, that had those guys. So you can thank Pastrana for barely racing, partially for that. <laughs> yeah, so. Okay, here's the difference I'd say. Okay. Yes, the top of this field, when you have Reed, Stu, Villapoto, Dunge, and uh, we could throw Roxon in because he was really good as a rookie. Oh, yeah. When you have those five guys, right, uh, I guess that, I guess you're saying, like, the top, the top, the top, the top. Yeah. You cannot get better than that. That's what I meant. I, uh, not deep yeah. uh, top. Yes. Whatever. Yeah. So you could argue that it's harder to get 15th or 12th in the 2021 field. But winning the race might have been harder yeah. in 2014. Right. Yeah. Um, this is also uh, angry dunge time. I don't know if it was Anaheim 2, 3, or 1 of this year where he cleaned out Weimer. No, it was, oh, yeah, he cleaned out Weimer. That's right. Yes. This one, he had a whole bunch of other targets. Yeah. What the heck was going on? <laughs> I feel like uh, I feel like we were getting on him for just being, you know, being not being aggressive. And then he read yes. all that. And then just – I'm not saying he did. It seemed like he read some crit- critiques of him and just started taking dudes out. Yeah, it was pretty gnarly. Um, it was a, This one was marked by a heat race where he took out – I want to see – make sure I got this right. He took out both – RCH guys, which was Tickle Josh Hill and Tickle. and Tickle. Yep. He took them both out. Yep. Um, and I remember a couple weeks later, and then in the main, at the end of the main, we'll get to, he tries to take Villapoto out. Yes. No, they both go down. They go down. If you yeah. quiz fans and said, hey, remember all the battles between RV and Dunge, and said, did they ever take each other out? I think most people would be like, no, somehow they didn't. Yeah. But here it is. Full <laughs> it's, tackle LCQ last corner style. Yeah. This race. It's it's done. it's you loved it because it's right out of WWF wrestling. It's great. Yeah, um, he, he did a real and, and who now, I, a couple weeks later I asked Dunge, we were made, we we turned hashtag an, angry dunge into a thing. And then a couple weeks later he's like, Who's angry? I'm like, You're angry. You were taking guys out. Yeah. He claims it was only because he was taking out Weimer and the RCH guys because it was uh, a transfer spot in the heat. That's what he said. <laughs> yeah. It was uncharacteristic, right. well, whatever I, was on the line. I think the Weimer move was like for seventh or something, Jake was saying. Really? I, I, I don't remember. But Jake was like, what are you doing? You know? Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, this was Angry Dunge. And, and by the yeah. way, I believe – now, we we weren't able to – we watched the highlights of this thing. There's also a Gary Bailey uh, main event uh, from the stands in line online we watched. So the full, like, Fox Sports or, or I guess it would have been Fox, I don't know, uh, broadcast is not available. So we – 
Red yeah. Cycle News, and we went through that way. Um, I believe when Dunge takes out RV, I believe a certain JB10 rides by. Nah, they had already crashed. He had him. He had him covered. He had him covered. Mm, I don't think he's so. ahead. No, he, he's ahead. He's in fourth, ahead of those two guys. Yeah, because they, they had yeah. already crashed. I'm Dunge crashed. Beat him straight up. And Villapoto crashed. Dude, right. He. Yeah. Okay. He was. He was right there. It's a nice follow up to our 2014 Phoenix episode we had. Yeah. Where the the race Brayton almost won. This is the next week, and uh, I think there was a lot of questions like, okay, is this dude actually like going to be good, or is he just have one magical night? And I feel like he kind of answered the question. Like he stayed right with that super pack. And uh, I think he, I think he's only six seconds off at the end of the race. This was the 40th anniversary of Anaheim, I believe, too. So JB's riding like yellow bike, a yellow Yamaha, and a yellow oh, gear, that's right. and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is like yep. a, people are doing special graphics for this one and everything, um, and all of that. The this, Legends thing is a big part of this. Yeah, because who who was there? Yep. Well, so here's what they – are. you want to discuss this now? I mean, I I just – the one man anyways. Oh, well, this is the amazing part. Right, so this is 40th anniversary of Supercross. Full props to Feld. They brought out every Supercross champ ever for this event. Um, and, you know, a lot of these guys – okay, Wardy, RJ, Stanton, Osho. You know, you're used to seeing those guys on a weekly basis. Um, but you do not see – I think, you know, Mike Bell, he was around, you know, yeah. now – Rest in peace. Mike Bell was around with Oakley and stuff for a long time. Donnie Hanson was around. Uh, Donnie Hanson was around a lot. Yeah, yeah. Donnie Hanson, great point. But uh, they actually, like, Pierre Carsmakers was there, I believe, right? Yeah. Like, that was incredible. Uh, I, I lived think, in Europe. I think everyone was there, if I remember right. Like, every champion. I, I, think, I, I think so. I, yeah. I think they all made it. Yeah. Which leads us to this. There are many of these <laughs> luminaries and legends who you'll see at the races. But there was one man. And the very first clip on Bar to Bar, which you can find on YouTube, is... I think uh, Villapoto shaking all the past champions' hands as uh -huh. a past champion himself. And you see RJ, and you see Wardy, and you see Stanton, and then you see the great JMB. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, the Chances great JMB. And wearing a Honda HRC jacket, which I know, I know that means a lot to you. Yeah. Yeah, because some, some guys didn't do that. Yeah, it's like uh, they'll wear whatever they were like. Wear the colors and the team that you were with some, when you won. Some guys Do will that. will ride out on an orange KTM. Uh, yes, you know exactly. with their number on it. Some guys will do that. Yeah, yeah. Don't do that. Don't um, do that. Don't do, don't do that. No. Uh, chances that Villapoto knew seventy five percent of those guys. No, oh, he definitely doesn't know who JMB is. No, there's no, no way. No right? chance. No chance. No. Jean Michel uh, Bale, the great. It's, you know, there's a reason why. Is this like this in the Hockey Hall of Fame? Do you have to pick a team that you go into the Hall of Fame with? Like uh, no, no, that's only baseball. That's only baseball. Yeah, yeah. So, folks that don't follow baseball, a lot of you, you have to when you go to the Hall of Fame, you have to pick a team to be associated with. So, all your photos in the Hall of Fame are with the team that you're most associated with wearing that hat. And that's what I give credit for JMB. I don't know if Jean-Michel Bell had any real affiliation with Honda at this point, but it's like, if I'm going to show up as Supercross champ, I'm wearing a Honda jacket. When I won the title, I rode for Honda. Right. Yep. Not every one of these dudes did that. No. Like, Wardy should wear a 1987 Kawasaki jacket. <laughs> well, I don't should. know about a 1987 Cowie, but oh, something okay. Sorry. something with Cowie yeah. on it. Yeah, so, something. Something. That's so all. we had, I, it was a phenomenal thing. Uh, I know you accuse the promoters of, as I don't know, what's the term you use? They only recognize the history when they ran it, whatever the hell. Ridiculous That's a fact. Take. That's a fact. That's ridiculous. That's a fact. That is not true. That's not true. Okay. No. They brought back every champ ever. For yeah, this, race. this is cool. Props to them, but yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. But. Um, so credit goes to, uh, you know, it put this like, 
thing in the air. It wasn't like called Retro Night. I think they had moved past that term. Mm -hmm. But all the champs are there. You're celebrating history. And it kind of worked out to be the perfect storyline in the race. Yeah, because the old guys, the past champions, got it done here. Yep. We, we had the kids coming in. Uh, Roxon had won Anaheim 1. Yep. Um, and we had the kids coming in. And, of course, uh, Villapoto had a terrible Anaheim 1, uh, crashed a bunch. And then um, Stu and Chad kind of slowly ch – uh, Stu had a terrible Anaheim 1 um, also, right? Yeah, crashed out in the whoops. Crashed yep. out in the whoops. It's shocking. Yep. And then uh, Chad was kind of getting ready. Chad had a bad Phoenix. And, you know, the new guard is coming. We're all like, okay, this new guard is coming. Like, uh, there's going to be no doubt here. But at this race, uh, with all the past champions there, these guys just slowly worked up. It, it was great. Dunge led. Dunge fell. Uh, Villapoto got passed. Um, Roxon got passed by the two guys. Chad got better as the race went on and on. It was uh, it was phenomenal to see. I and we you were there. We were next to each other, like you said. And the, I remember the crowd absolutely losing their mind. Yeah, once you realize it was going to come down to a Reed and Stu. Yeah, Villapoto kind of catches fire. He goes Roxon passes Villapoto. Villapoto gets him back. Then Villo starts going after Stu. Villapoto crashes trying to get him. Uh, then Reed passes Roxon for second, and you're like, oh, my God. Yeah. We're going to get Stu and Reed again. Yep. It's yep. awesome. Yeah, it was great. But even more mind-boggling, when you realize Chad is catching Stu and is probably going to pass him, then the crowd was really just euphoric, like just losing their uh, freaking minds. Yes. Uh, it was – they were – and again, like, you talk about Osborne's pass in Vegas. You talk about um, Bradshaw's win at High Point. These are moments that you just remember, and, and that's one of them for me, too. Like, I remember just being like, the fucking old guy did it again. Like, I'm just, yeah. I'll never count him out. I'll just never count him out. Uh, and I think this was the last time I counted him out. I know I did, you know, and then he did it to me again, and then I'm like, okay, that's it. I'm done counting Chad Reed out. Yeah, yeah. Beginning of 2011, when he first started 2-2, we were watching him. Not right. ride very Chad Reed like. Remember, we uh, were like, and, and oh, I, so I just went, ninth. That's what he just gets ninth. That in. was it, right? And, and we were just like, that's what you're going to get from Chad. That's what you're going to get. He's he's thir he was almost thirty. He's on a private tier team. It's done, dude. Yep. Uh, yep. We we learned our lesson. Yeah, <laughs> we did really yeah. right. Uh, and uh, he gets Stu, and uh, and the place goes nuts, just absolutely nuts. Um, really, really cool moment. What what makes it even crazier is Stu was. Pretty good. Uh, you were thinking coming into the season, Stu is going to be pretty good. Like he, he maybe could have won Anaheim if he doesn't crash in the whoops. Dob, by the way, do you remember he crashed in the whoops trying to get Roxon late in the race for the lead? And then I don't know if you remember this. Stu crashes out of the race, gets up, and flexes the double biceps. No, I do not yes. remember. And I'm like, I've never seen a dude crash out of a race and then throw some like trash talk out there. Like I'm strong. <laughs> I'm strong this year. Yes, I DNF'd. There's so many stories with Stu. There's just so many. I don't. You crash out of a race late in the race, and then you flex the double biceps. I don't understand. I don't care, man. That's cool. I'll. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cool. It's cool. I'll take anyway, it. Anyway, we thought this is not over the hill, Stu. Like we were still thinking Stu and the Suzuki. Like we're thinking Stu's still good, right? Yeah. He. So, this is this is this is Toronto this year. Yeah. This is Toronto. Year. Yeah. Same year. Yes. Um. Yeah. This is the last good year of James Stewart. And the point I'm making here is for Chad to catch him and beat him, look, that didn't happen a lot, right? There's not a lot of races where Chad just straight up caught and passed Stu. Didn't happen a lot. No. And the fact that it happened 
And even to the point where we're, oh, Chad's old. He's on a Kawasaki. This is done. And he does does it against Stu. That's, it made it even more mind-blowing. Yeah, absolutely. It was uh, it was really, really cool. And then also, Chad being Chad, he stopped by the discount tire banner on the side of the oh, stadium, right? Incredible. And like lean down or kneel down in front of it. And I'm just like, yeah. that's brilliant. That's brilliant. And we asked Chad about that moment uh, on the phone I, call. I did but, not. Yeah. I didn't pick up on that. Oh. I, I didn't even realize that. No, that was I, a good call. At the oh, time, yeah. I'm like, wow. Like, that's his title sponsor. That's incredible. Good job, Chad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, Chad... Like I said, so Villapoto goes after uh, Stu. This should have been more legendary, but I guess the problem is when Reed won, it overshadowed everything. Yeah. I mean, Villapoto takes like two or three like legit shots at Stewart. Um, and then eventually they tangle up and, and RV goes down. Like, you know, you're always looking for heat between guys at that top level. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I guess I don't remember talking about that being controversial at all. Yeah. I were, uh, no, I don't. I don't remember that at all. I, I was around the Cowie truck a lot. This year, yeah. these years with mm-hmm. RV, because yeah, and he he just had irrational confidence. It was it was amazing, <laughs> an irrational high level of confidence, and he backed it up, and and he was never worried. The only guy that worried him was Stu, and I made sure to remind him when Stu was better. Uh, he never cared about Dunge or Chad or anybody, um, and it was hilarious to be around him these years because I don't know, man. Like like okay, so like you know this better than anybody, like he wasn't some amazing amateur, right? He was good. He was very good, but he wasn't some amazing amateur. He doesn't have the pedigree of a stew in the amateur ranks or, you know, any of these guys, but it didn't matter. Once he got to pro, it was like nothing was going to stop him. Just, he was just unbeatable. Uh, He had had terrible Anaheim one. It didn't matter. Nothing changes his attitude. He acted like he was going to win this thing. Uh, He did not care that Chad, he did. The only guy that got to him was he knew Stu could beat him. Uh, if Stu put everything together perfectly. But he also knew the odds were that Stu couldn't do 17 perfect. Yeah, yeah. And there was a moment, like we said, Stu was very good this season. There was a moment after this, uh, Reed gets hurt. Yep. And then Stu gets on a little roll. And I think for the first time ever, Steve Mathis, you would come into the Cowie truck all the time, tell him how good Stu's lap times were. Yeah, tell, tell him about him Stu jumping Stu something. Yeah, yeah. Yes. But there was a brief time. Stu won two or three in a row. And he was down like only 20 points or so. And I think even you were like, I got to cool it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, I do remember. This that. might be serious now. Like, this yep. is not a joke. Like, yep. Stu might seriously take this championship. Yeah. I do remember thinking, like, ah, I got to back that down a little bit. Like, yeah. Um, well, what happened yeah. to. So, look at the results of this year. And again, it's funny how I, rem- I can pinpoint things from 1986, like, no problem. But then 2014, <laughs> I'm like, kind of lost. What happened to Stu at Daytona this year? There was a couple of crate. I think it was this year. Those Suzuki years hit some of the worst luck ever. I think that there was a first-turn crash where someone's grip ripped his header pipe off. Like, I don't even know if he crashed. Like, okay. what are the odds? And then you look at yep. the footage, you're like, yeah, he took a handlebar to the exhaust system. It was a lot of that. And then eventually extinguished, like, okay, he's not going to get RV in points. But I'm sure we'll cover Toronto 2014 at some yeah, point. Yeah, right. There were some highlight Stuart moments this year, which again makes this Chad catching and passing him that significant. Right, right. Um, well, do you think we do 2014 with Stu? We wait? We hold out? Oh, might, might be a while. <laughs> might be a while. I was thinking about that yesterday. I'm like, if we ever do a Stu race, how are we going to get him? I'm going to text him. I'm texting him. 
All right, Toronto 2014. Yeah, because we've had some communication. Okay, okay, yep. Very little, but we've had some. Some, um, some is some is definitely something. Yes. No, he, yes. he has responded to me. Okay. So right. I'm already n- better than 95% of the people in the industry by getting it. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't attempt it. Right. I don't attempt it. So um, um, well, I've done a cursory a couple times. I've had to write stories about Stu during his like extreme missing yeah. for, like three years. Uh-huh. I would, as a courtesy, say like, hey, I'm writing a story on you if you wish to comment. Let me know. <laughs> and he would not respond. Yeah. Same yeah. number. Uh, he's got the same number. So uh, we. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So, okay. Um, I, I, I will text to people as the loyal listeners of the Lee Reraceables. I will text Japes and we will try to get him on. Oh, yeah. And then Phoenix. If, if he res- not Phoenix. Toronto. If, if he yeah. responds, we will drop whatever we are doing. And we will do it. When he is. Oh, yeah. Hey, so, there was one time I remember Stu is like 2008 and I'd been hitting him up. Or something for Racer X magazine, and then he just, as he's prone to do, like you'll get no response at all, and then out of nowhere, right? I'm like, I think I was at the gym at like 9:30 p.m. Okay, I, I, I wasn't married. I was doing that's that's just what I did. And all of a sudden, he's like, "Hey, man, you got time now?" And I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "Do you need to go to the office?" I'm like, "I'll call you in 12 minutes." Because I knew it was <laughs> 12, 12 minutes. minutes. <laughs> right, but right. like, I ran out of that gym sweaty. Yeah. And yeah. Right to the office. No, no, no I, I, I've been there. I've done it. Yep, I've done it. <laughs> Sweet Jesus, I'm in the middle of an open-heart surgery, but yes, I'll take your call. I'll take your call. Uh, But, yeah, so, okay, we'll try to do that. But thanks to the folks at Liat, of course, for coming on board. The 9.5, 8.5 helmets, they're brand new for 2021. Uh, You get a pair of goggles with them uh, if you buy them. Retail price, $549.99 for the uh, carbon one, and composite shell is $449.99. Chris Kiefer helped develop the Flex Lock boot. I'm not sure who this Kiefer guy is, but he, he helped to develop it. Uh, three-year project uh, for Kiefer, long-term development and R&D uh, using, the, using Kiefer and, and key points of contact uh, on a motorcycle. It's essential that your feet, as well as your ankles and shins, stay comfy and protected. That's what the Flex Lot boot does. Benny Boss, Shane McElroy, Vince Freeze, Michael Lessie, you name it, uh, Liat.com. Thanks to the folks at Maxxis Tires as well, uh, Maxxis.com uh, for more information. Light truck tires, trailer tires, MXSTs developed by Jeremy McGrath, who we will get on the re-raceables. At some point. Um, and, uh, yeah, please check out everything, the full line from Maxxis Tires. And, of course, the folks at Blends All. They're a big part of the podcast. they got two-stroke and four-stroke oil. Uh, and, absolutely, Jerry Robin uses it. Uh, Hunter Slauger has uh, stepped up the 450 Nationals now, and uh, he is using uh, Blends All as well. Uh, the number one brand when it comes to two-stroke oil also has top-level riders using the four-stroke stuff. So they got two-stroke, they got four-stroke. Nothing outperforms, out-lubricates, or smells better than Blends All's full line of two-stroke and four-stroke products. Weege, uh, you're the GNCC, and you're the quad guy, and this is a big deal for these guys. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's a bummer, man. Bryson Neal stepped up. Jumped on Blenzol this year. I think the machine was performing much better. I'm sure it was obvious. And uh, giving the heretofore nearly unbeatable Walker Fowler and his number one jersey a good run. Uh, he just got hurt, Bryson. But it was a good good uh, season. Won a couple races, including the opener. Uh, and let me tell you something. If you have oil that can get through a two-hour in the mud wide open on a quad. I mean, they do not let off. They do not let off on these quads. It's just rev, rev limiter. For two hours. And Bryson Neal did not have engine problems. So, blendsall.com, everybody. If you uh, want a deal from the folks at Liat, email us using the contact form of Pulpum X. We'll get you a deal, a code to punch in. And if you want a two-stroke or a four-stroke uh, Blendsall kit, 
Use the contact form also. Put blends all in a subject line, and we will draw a random name, and you will win a two-stroke or four-stroke kit from the folks at Blenzall. So thanks for those guys for helping this podcast out. Um, all right, Anaheim 2014. Yep, Chad passes Stu late. So looking at the lap times of this, and we get into it a little bit with Chad, um, James got tired. James got tired. You look at his lap times, they slipped, and Chad got stronger. Yeah, James was hinting at some sort of a cold. I know he says on the podium in this one, this cold that he has really kicked his ass. I think he faded the previous week in Phoenix as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think at that point, you know, people don't want to hear that stuff. It sounds like an excuse. But again, to defend James here, within a few weeks, he didn't have a cold. And yeah. He was riding much better and he was winning. So that probably was a legitimate reason. But look, man, you just can't rain on the, rain on the Chad Reed parade like Chad yeah, did it. You can't stop it. Nobody right. wanted to hear that in the moment. Uh, a couple things else about this race. The LCQ, this was a uh, cause of one of my rants, uh, cause of one of my uh, moments of anger on the Pulp and Mix show. Uh, oh. So this is Jimmy Albertson winning the LCQ again. And uh, once again, uh, I remember the broadcast team not really knowing anything about Jimmy Albertson. And I was going on and on about uh, Jim. Remember Jimmy beat Dunge in an LCQ in Phoenix? Uh, Might have been this year. I think it was yeah. this year. I think so, yeah. Um, so, and then they, they spent the whole time talking about Dunge. Fro and Ralph, and I'm like, look, if you're motorsport.com, you're Crossland, and you're Jimmy, this is huge, and these guys don't know one thing about you, you know what I mean? And and, and then I started screaming and yelling about that, and then um, Albertson wins again in the LCQ, and uh, later on uh, this series, uh, Fro comes in with a lot of facts about Jimmy Albertson, and I and I just smiled to myself. I just, uh, you know, oh. Just I took see. it like somebody was listening, you know, and, and just was like, hey, I just, you know, this is, I was like saying, this is the biggest moment. If you're cross-line racing, and this is the biggest moment for you in your team, and they, they literally don't even mention you, this was, so this was anger, anger me uh, for a while, for yeah. Jimmy Alberts, for yeah. Top Jimmy, so. And, and then and then later on, the TV show had stats on him, impressive. Yeah. Or not stats, but. No, yeah, they just knew something about him. Either Ralph or Fro had actually legit, legitimately talked to him, so. Um, you know, we, we sometimes get on them for the 250 LCQ, and you have to admit that a lot of those guys, there, there's not much known about them. But Jimmy Albertson? Yeah. No, there was nothing. There was nothing. And, uh, look, he beat Ryan Dungey straight up. That was awesome uh, in an LCQ. So And was doing the air wheelies yeah. for the finish, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yep. This race also, 450 LCQ. Chiz. Does not Gunna? chiz. No, he, he Fifth. What? Fifth. What? He now, didn't make it happen. This might have been the year. I'm going to check this out. This might have been the year that I talk about and I yell about when it comes to Chiz. Uh, Chiz had no ride. He wasn't at Anaheim 1. He had no ride um, okay. because he was over in Germany racing and he had no ride. So he didn't show up for Anaheim 1 because that was a, that was a German race, right? Yep. And yep. he showed up for the second round in Phoenix. And I'm just checking this out right now. I, I'm double-checking my stats here. As we go, okay. He, uh, he ch- showed up for the second round in Phoenix. Uh, sorry. Okay, hold on. Let me. Not a good podcast. All right, you're here. trying to figure out. Uh, you're building a case oh, that Chiz was okay. not ready to Chiz? So, yeah, Chiz showed up. Again, I don't know if this year, but this is Rock. He's riding for Cycle Trader Rock River. Um, but... In the results here in 2014, but this was the it might have been the year before then. Chiz shows up with a stock bike at the second or third round of Supercross, misses the first round, has a broken visor. He said his helmet company won't call him back. 
He has duct tape in his visor. Duct tape <laughs> on his visor because it's cracked. He cannot get a call back from the visor, uh, the helmet company, and then he goes and makes the main, and then Cycle Trader picks him up, and he starts crushing it. And my whole point was, you know, Chiz it didn't sit on the couch and be like, woe is me. Chiz duct taped his visor, put got a set of bars, and took a stock bike into the main event. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I just can't That's figure Chiz. out if it was 2014 that year or not because Chiz just did that kind of stuff, right? And and you just do it. That's, you don't complain. You don't whine and everything else. And so, yeah. I think yeah, it was that's, this year. that's a great example of Chiz chizzing. Like he's showing up, yeah. regardless. And then and usually and, on a Yamaha. Yeah, and then uh, Chris and Chris Danny, Chris, Chris and Christina from Rock River put him on the team, and he started doing great. So, but at this night, Chiz fifth in the LCQ. Oh, rare sighting. Yeah, Chiz not going to the main. Not chizzing. Um, yep. At one twenty or one twenty five, two fifties this night. Uh, this was. Cole Seeley's uh, night, he led every lap. He took the win. This was the season where Anderson was catching him late on the KTM. The last lap passes. Yes, there was two of them, I think. Yeah, two in a row. Yeah, two in a row. Two rounds. And this is Anderson on a KTM, Rockstar KTM, Seeley on a a TLD Honda. And uh, this one, though, the the revenge goes to Seeley. Seeley takes the win. Yeah, Seeley wins, and Anderson actually gets penalized. He should have finished second, but he was jumping uh, with a red cross out. I'm sure there was tons of drama over that. And it opens the door for two new riders to get their first ever Supercross podiums. Uh, The number 37, Cooper Webb, and the number 34 of Malcolm Stewart. It was actually their first career podiums on this night. Nice. You You look at this class, Webb second, Mookie third, Anderson fourth, Dino seventh, Osborne eighth, right? Yeah, you're right. Uh, this is this is Geico Zacco. This is Geico Zacco not crushing it like I think everybody thought Geico Zacco yeah, would. Yeah, Geico Zacco was a four to seven guy. Yeah, but based on what we had seen, you know, on the Dixon Yamaha, yeah, it seemed like oh, Geico Zacco is going to be winning races. Yep, yep. Not, uh, it not just so didn't much come together, right? No. Um, no. Also, uh, um, Dean, this is Dean going back to Pro Circuit. After he jumped up to the 450s, I believe. Ah, you know, this tie binds a little bit here because, as we'll find out from Chad, uh, Chad builds his team from the ashes of Jeff Ward Racing, yes. which was supposed to be Dean Wilson, right? Right, yes. Dean Wilson was on there for, I don't Not, know. Didn't never race, did he? No, I don't think he ever raced, yes. The, the, the team folded before the season. The team, this, wait, this is the team that had Chiz and Josh Grant. Josh Grant, yep. Then they were going to spend huge money to get Dean. Dean. And then it folded. And then it folded. And then PC said, okay, you can can ride with us. Again. Yes, you can come back. You can come back. Again. And this year will be the year where Dean Wilson finally wins that Supercross title. Absolutely. Oh, wait. No, it won't. He crashed a bunch. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, this was was that year. But uh, let's talk to the man, the myth, the legend, the 2-2, Chad Reed, about Anaheim. 2014 and the ins and outs behind that deal on the Lee at Re-Raceables. And now on the Lee at Re-Raceables podcast, uh, we have the man who uh, took home the win in this exciting race. Wygan and I have already chatted a little bit about it, but let's talk to uh, Chad Reed. What's up, Reedy? How are you, man? Oh, busy. Busy, yeah. busy, busy. Kids have got me. Yeah. <laughs> you are. BMX bikes. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a mechanic slash truck driver so <laughs> yeah exactly right um i guess you are in so deep that the, in one year 
you're in so deep compared to where you were a year ago. It's quite comical. Where are you going now? <laughs> I'm I'm off to Illinois. Unbelievable. We're going it's to un- Rock, uh, Rock, Rockford, Illinois for a national. Oh, unbelievable. Um, unbelievable. Yeah, it, it is something else what has happened. But you know what? You're so busy. You don't really have time to sit around and be like, oh, I miss Supercross, right? Like you – Dude, you just picked it up and, and taking that passion and taking the work ethic into uh, something for your kids. So I think it's kind of cool. A lot of guys sit around and miss the races. I don't think you do. I really don't. And that's, you know, it's easy to say, but I actually, I truthfully don't miss it. COVID, COVID helped the most, to yep. be honest. Like COVID, you know, the, the world of COVID definitely helped me not, you know, like I just don't enjoy that environment. So Right. That, that helped that helped the most but for me it's just like i you, i've heard friends say it and whatever and you kind of think it's just a little bit cliche but like there's certain moments that your kids go through yeah. that feel like that feel like like you truly feel like a race win and i never thought that that was possible right to get to get that feeling from anything but racing mm-hmm. and and whatever but like i really do like there's certain things that i see them achieve and yeah you, you feel like you're such a big part of it and it, it feels like a win, you know, and it's like you see them work hard and they ask to do certain things and then you see the progress. It's, it's really fun. Yeah, that's cool. It's really, really cool to see that for you because you're a guy that, yeah, lived it, loved it for so long. And it's good to see you're not having difficulties, you know, with the post adjustment stuff. That's awesome. That's great. Cause yeah, a lot of guys can't say that. And first and foremost, like that was the thing, right? Like when you, when you love something so much, how do you walk away? How does, how does it end? And I always wanted ready, you know, like people, how, when are you going to, Oh, you're breaking uh, up, but everyone else did. You know? You're breaking up a little bit. You know, I loved it. I, I created, you know, situations and teams to be able to stay around longer. Um, yeah. And so for me, when it was over, it was over. Like I, I, I had had enough. Like I, I, I got, I kind of squeeze, I always say I always squeeze the lemon as much as I could and, mm-hmm. and the just gone. So it was time to, it was time to move on and focus on something else. Uh, Anaheim to 2014, you switched to Cowie. You love that Honda. We all, I did the story on team two, two, you really gelled with that bike. Honda made some changes. You weren't stoked on the newer model, but so I'm interested coming into this year. You're first on Cowie with Team 2-2. Do they go to you? Do you go to Cowie? Are you looking to get off the Honda and you approach Cowie? Or does Cowie come to you and you're like, well, I'm not stoked on the new Honda, so I'll leave? How does that sort of work? Yeah, yeah right. Um, so, I mean, at, at this point, uh, we that was really like 2-2 going – like there was 2-2 like, – I would say like 2011 – we mm-hmm. did it on our own and we built Tutu and, and it was us. But like 12 and 13 was really, you know, was unique because, yes, we were team Tutu, but we were very much factory Honda. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, race shop was at Honda. We, you know, everything filtered, you know, through Honda. Um, you know, we, we kind of, our team grew. It wasn't like we were, should I say initially, it was like it was, two teams working for together and then we had the you know supercross.com with larry brooks come in and so we kind of had like three teams working as one it was really good and then you know typical industry 
um, you know, one thing leads to another and then we all kind of split and we all get disappointed and, um, you know, kind of go our separate ways. And that was really the push from 13, you know, like Honda didn't roll out a, a bike that at all, you know, like from the second I threw a leg over it, I hated it. And <laughs> I just couldn't, I just couldn't ride it. You know, yeah. like I just didn't have, I didn't have, I didn't have the same feeling, you know, like I went from literally my favorite motorcycle ever possibly right to a bike, you know, a motorcycle that I hope to never, ever have to experience again. <laughs> um, so that was that. And so at that, that point, you know, 13 was such a rough year and I didn't even know how old I am. Right. At that point I'm 32 ish. Um, 31, 32. Uh, you guys do the math. Yeah, we can. Math on that. Um, but, but I'm around in that age. I mean, you, you know, so that's your life. That's when people start to, you know, leave the sport. Mm-hmm. So no point where, you know, where people really trying to jimbo with the two-two train at that point, you know, I think that, uh, and, and there was so much more to 13 than, than just the bike, you know, like the bike sucked and I didn't like it. Um, but so many other things, you know, like we, we had a contract, um, on the table trying to sign Eli. Um, and then unfortunately, you know, and then the count was all in on it and it was, a, it was a good deal. Like we, he was mm-hmm. going to get paid off he was going to get paid a lot of money and we were excited to take on a, a new rider. And, and I was actually at that point starting to look at phasing out and, you know, going more of like who can take over right. the rain, you know, the reins at this point. Um, and you know, like obviously my feeling with the bike and all those kinds of things weren't, wasn't awesome. And I always go by feeling. So long story short, Honda really screwed up that deal and uh <laughs> you know and then long and the the problem is is not only did they screw it up they they lost Eli Tomac you know mm-hmm. um he went to Cowie at that point so it was kind of a weird deal you know like I don't know why why they wouldn't have all they had to do is supply a bike yeah <laughs> and they wouldn't wow. you know yeah um all they had to do is supply a bike which they were willing to spend you know close to a million dollars on him to have, be on their team. But then for us to have him, we had to spend 250 grand for the motorcycle. So right, just crazy to me that you would, you know, have such a huge investment in a guy over the past five years. And then you throw away, a, you know, an opportunity to keep him just for pride or whatever it was. But, um, so that was kind of why the big separation really, okay. um, you know, I just, we lost faith in each other, I think. And it was, it was time. So at that point, it was, it, it was the matter of going and riding all the bikes and, you know, I did the typical, I rode all the bikes. Mm-hmm. Um, I rode the Cowie and I, it, you know, it's kind of one of those things like I rode it and it was okay. Um, there was, and then about two weeks later, I want to say that we, uh, I rode it again. Um, and I think the first one I rode was maybe one of Mitch's and the second one I rode, I wanted to ride a stock one so that I could really see, you know, cause I think that when you ride a stock bike, you get a, a better understanding of where the bike's at yeah. and it's potential and it's potential. Um, you know, you can kind of miss a lot of things by just jumping on something that's set up in somebody else's way, you know, mm-hmm. engine and yeah. suspension. Yep. Um, so anyway, and then, so the second time I rode it, I, I liked it and then, right around that time is when we started to commit, uh, to taking on, uh, the old L and M race shop. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so right at that point when I had kind of gone, okay, let's, let's consider riding Kawasaki's. Well, that team was, uh, what was it? JWR, I think maybe Jeff Ward racing or yeah. something like that. Yep. It was whatever the short term that was. So, so they had a bunch of Cowie stuff all, all in the race shop. Um, you know, heads, cylinders, parts, you know, like things like that. So it kind of was one of those things that just made sense. We had already somewhat committed to go that direction. And then when we did a race shop full of Kawasaki parts, yep. um, that really was the icing on the cake. So we went, we went all in on that. Um, and honestly, we basically picked up from where they left off. Um, their engine was better than all the other Cowie engines I rode. Um, and so we kind of inherited where Dudley and those guys <laughs> left off with that thing. And then so you had parts and, and everything. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> so, so like the bike. So then like, basically I was able to jump on a, cause you know how hard it is. It's like, you know, when, when the riders in Florida and the teams in California, um, you know, and you're somewhat on a budget and you're not even the budget fact of it, it it's more just the, the possibility of like the timing of building a bike, shipping it to Florida. So it was really easy for the guys to just literally go to, I think they went to Temecula Motorsport. They picked up a brand new, uh, 2014 Cowie. Um, and then they, they basically put all the parts that, uh, JWR had laying around. Um, (laughs) I didn't know. I did did not know this part of the story. That's hilarious. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and then, and we just hit the ground running testing from that point. And it just, like and I just gelled with it. Like it was a bike that I really enjoyed riding. It was, um, it just got really good. And, and so yeah. So that was, <laughs> that's kind of the story of how we ended up on, on Cowie. Um, yeah. There's you know, like, two hilarious parts of this. A, is that old L and M shop? Were they using that shop when you were on L and M Yamaha like six years earlier? Yeah, hundred percent. So <laughs> so it's so it was funny. It was funny to uh, it, both for me and Oscar. So Oscar was on the team yeah. and, and a big part of it. So, you know, like obviously when L&M started, I went to that shop with Larry and looked at it before it was even a race shop, you know. And so it was funny to come back, you know, almost 10 years later and uh, and and basically take it over and own it. <laughs> um, yeah. And yeah. And then Oscar as well, you know, like Oscar spent many days and nights mm-hmm. driving up, driving up to, uh, you know, to Mac, to Macula, And then suddenly he was back on, back on that route driving and, and everything like that. So it was kind of like, yeah, we all, we all came full circle. And the other thing that's funny is when you said you were going to ride a Cowie, everyone was like, how is this possible? He rode Cowie in 2010 and he left the team. He didn't even want to ride it in 2011. Like you left money on the table to not yeah. ride a Cowie. Yeah. So it's funny how that all yeah, works. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, literally set fire to $2 million. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but possibly you're, one you of the... Did de- not. Now that you retired, you wish you had that $2 million. <laughs> I, I, I actually... Yes, I wish I had the money. No, I don't wish. I think that if I had stayed on one more year at Cowie, I honestly think that that, that would have been my retirement year. Yeah. Um, Yep. Oh, well, Weege, I would have been right, Weege. I would have yes, been right. That's, that's what Steve predicted. Right. Steve actually predicted that's the direction it was headed. I so thought good job, Steve. when you rode off at Millville, I was on these stupid shows saying, that might be it, man. He might never come back. Like, that, who's yeah, going yeah, to hire him? Like, I'm like, who's going to hire him? What's he going to do? He's, you know, uh, but uh, as we saw, I was I had to, very wrong. Yeah, I went to a, I think, I, like, after Millville, I went to uh, uh, the treatments that I got were, uh, weren't, 
you know, weren't legal here in the U.S., so I went to Mexico and got them. Um, <laughs> wow. So I, yeah. I went and spent I went and spent two weeks in, in San Diego and drove across the border every day, or actually walked across the border every day. Um, and so that was that was quite a, a fun story. Um, but yeah, like, and then, and then once I was healthy, um, then I got on a plane and, and Ellie and, uh, we only had one, one, you know, Tate at mm-hmm. that point. So we just went to Australia and I think we spent like six to eight weeks there. And I just, I basically was just like, dude, I got some soul searching. Like, I didn't yeah. know that I like, that's not fun. So yeah. So it is, it is interesting. And, and that was the common theme, right? Everyone thought it was hilarious that, you know, you, a couple of years earlier, you'd, you jump off, you know, you jump out of a, a two-year contract halfway through it, and then a couple of years later. But that's that's the sport, you know. That's yeah. how fast things, that's how fast things turn, and you know. Um, this you uh okay, going go into I don't have one. You were you were pretty good. I mean, the result wasn't amazing, but I I feel like I feel like I could see like hmm, he seems to have something. You know, you can. Sometimes I don't have one is the tail of the tape. Some years it's not. Some years some guys struggle, and the next week they're good. But it looked good. Did you leave the first race or even going into the first race thinking, hey, we really have something here? Yeah, I went into the first race. So so with that, um, you know, like that that change of, you know, everything, it was a whole lot like I, I, I inherited so much more responsibility um, on myself. You know, like it was kind of like you when you're at Honda, you know, or you're a part of the Honda you know, program, there's, there's only so much that you could do, you know, um, you know, the, you can lean on a lot of their staff, you can lean on a lot of their, you know, all the equipment and everything that they have. Um, and at the end of the day, you're, you're kind of, you know, you're a contracted rider, so you can, you know, you can, you can steer the ship and demand the things that, that, you know, that all the factory riders do. Um, but when you're really doing it on your own and, and you're, you know, you, Hey, you know, you're, so we had to, I think we took on like two more staff. Um, you know, so our budget just kept growing and growing and growing. Um, you know, discount thankfully stepped up as well as title sponsor at the same time. Um, so yeah, it just, it it took a lot more playing. It took a lot more purpose and I was pretty, you know, like I was pretty fired up, you know, like 13, I felt like I was healthy and fit in 13 but just didn't, didn't gel with that bike. So like it was totally different than at the end of like 10, you know, Mm -hmm. like at 10, I had to do some soul searching because I just didn't feel well. I, you know, like I wasn't, I wasn't a hundred percent healthy and, but going like end of 13, going into 14, like I just felt like I was, I still felt that I could win. So you kind of like you, Mm -hmm. you, you know, you go into the off season, you know, kind of quietly confident that, you know, that you didn't lose everything, um, that I just needed to, I, the focus was hundred percent on getting that feeling back. Um, and so that was all we really focused on. And beyond that, yeah. I think, and what I didn't even do, I, I think I got second or third at the first race, third, at, third at round one, ninth yeah. at round two. I don't know what, I forget what happened in Phoenix. But. Well, it's just, it's Phoenix. It's, <laughs> it's Phoenix. It's like, Mike, you can go through my career and it's like, it's, I think it's, I mean, obviously we have new stadiums to the series, but like yeah. in that, in that generation, it was literally the only stadium I'd never won in. Yeah. Um, and I don't know why, like I had so many, 
good rides, but never great rides enough to win it. And I just, for whatever reason, Phoenix was Phoenix and it, and maybe that part of it, you know, after, after 10 years of going there and being, you know, subpar and I went there and got a ninth. I think I crashed in the sand actually. Yeah. You might have. Right. Yeah. There was, there was, there was a wall jump and I crashed into the sand, into the, um, going into the sand or something like that. I think I remember, but, um, so yeah, I mean, so that's, I mean, that, that's a Chad Reed race right there. I mean, leading into, into, you know, you, you get, you go three, nine, and then everyone's like, oh yeah, he's over and yep. then come back and win the next weekend. So. Totally. Well, <laughs> and, and I yeah. mentioned, I mentioned who, somebody's got an RC car going on in the background, by the way. Um, I mentioned this, uh, to Weege earlier, this field, it's stacked. It's got Dunch. It's got Villapoto. It's got Kenny's rookie year. It's got you and Stu. Like I, I don't know. We maybe should have appreciated this era a little bit more, Wygant. Oh yeah, see, like you don't like, think we're saying stack field. We always say it. We I, always, you, of course, we said it. You guys didn't say stacked back then. <laughs> we I said stacked every year for the last. You guys years, only. Bro. You guys only call stacked when you got regional champions in there. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, wow, did it make it any sweet? Like so, watching this race again, and, and I just felt like you got stronger as it went on, right? Like Dunge grabs, Dunge leads early, Kenny's on it, Stu's up there. I just felt like, and I remember be thinking, watching it like, man, you just got better as the race went on and on. And uh, and I, I think your fitness really helped you in this one. The, the other guys so, were making mistakes. Yeah. So pre, pre-race, we had made a few changes to the bike. Imagine mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because I felt like it – there's always like for me today like it's from the first couple laps of practice like i can always tell like okay it's going to be a good day and it doesn't matter where the lap time is you know you just know you just you just like the feelings there and then there's days where you just the, the feeling's not there and you're just chasing it chasing it chasing it and sometimes you find it and hit it and sometimes you don't um that particular day i remember like just like the track was pretty technical. It had, had a big set of whoops. Um, and it was hard pack. And, and so going, going into the main, we made a few tweaks that, that would allow me to be a little bit better in the, in the, uh, in the hard pack. Mm -hmm. And basically, and I was kind of like how the race played out. I kind of, I don't know, in a weird way, seen that happening. So like, you know, again, in an era that was stacked full of actual national champions. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and when you're retired, you can claim that. Right. right. Uh, so um, I think that y- we were all just in a train, you know, and we're just kind of just sticking there. And it was like, it was a weird track, you know, after the finish line, it did a 180 and then it kind of, it was just really one line kind of through the, the section and then at 180 and then it was kind of one line again. And it, it had a strange set of whoops that James and I were really good in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so James wasn't going anywhere at that point. And so for me, it was just kind of sit there. Um, there was a little urgency when Dunge went down and then RV was to the front. Yep. Um, and so at that point, my urgency was also James's urgency. So then we kind of like, okay, we got to go. Um, you know, the two Ryans are, are both guys that you don't want to give room to. Um, and so, yeah, we kind of just, I just bit my time and, 
you know, just lap after lap, I started feeling more comfortable. I started getting the lines down. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just continued to, uh, James started to, how would I say it? Like James started moving around a little bit. Like there was, uh, the back section, um, like home plate, you would go, uh, out of the home plate, um, into a triple and then you'd go into this weird entry into the whoops. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just 100% committed to the outside where I think I was tripling out of the turn onto a table. Um, and James was kind of trying to make the inside work. And it just, it was, I think in some cases it was safer and faster, but it was, it was becoming so slippery. It was where Dunge crashed. Yeah. Um, it was becoming so slippery there that I just kind of was like, you know what, I'm going to stick to the outside and, um, and just do my, and do my thing. And so, yeah, I just kept kind of ticking it away, ticking away. And I believe that night was also a throwback night or we did something with the old, you know, like James and I were yeah, involved it was the in 40th anniversary of Supercross or something. Weege, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah they had all the yeah. old champs there. Yeah. yeah. Correct. So, so, you know, so it was kind of one of those weekends where it just had a vibe where, you know, the two, at that point in our careers, the two kids had crashed. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you left at a 40th anniversary with two old rivalries, <laughs> you know, old rivals kind of going at it. And so it just, I don't know, it just yeah. had a theme and a, and a feeling about it. Um, and James and I were just clicking off laps and, and clicking off laps. And, you know, we were kind of trading 10th here, 10th there. And, um, and then, yeah, but I just, for whatever reason, I just felt good. I felt, and I, I, it was one of those races that you kind of take to the grave because, you know, early in the career, you, you know, James didn't, once James took the lead, it was very few times that you could claim that you chased him yeah, down or, or, yeah. or, or, or passed him, beat him. Um, but that was, you know, that's one of the ones that you can, you can kind of claim, you know? So yeah, it was an awesome race. I just remember how huge the, the whoops were and how slippery it was like there was one set of big whoops and then the other whoops were just really strange strange entry yeah the crowd was going crazy i do remember oh my that. gosh they the were, crowd the yeah. crowd went nuts like soon as soon as it kind of funneled out you know the two ryan's crashed and, yep. and it was james and i probably like the last five six laps the crowd was just like crazy and like and you feel that as a yeah. rider you know like you, you totally vibe that you almost put three seconds on them on lap 18 on Stu, like your fastest, I, your fastest lap was 18th lap, and you got him on the last one, I believe. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think I, I think I passed him. So when I passed him, I mean, just you know, <laughs> a little bit of history tells you that when you pass James, you got to go because <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, because he, you know, and I felt like I when I passed him, I didn't want it, I didn't want it to be, you know, I didn't want to give him an opportunity, and and. So I just tried to drop the hammer, hit my marks, yeah. um, you know, and then, uh, and then that last lap, it kind of gave me a little bit of breathing room to be able to keep an eye on him and watch him and, mm-hmm. um, and, and yeah, bring it home. Are you able to look, everybody in the building is seeing the irony of, I can't believe it's Reed and Stu, especially with all the, uh, old champions here. Are you actually thinking of any of that stuff? Or are you just like, I'm just trying to pass this guy for the lead? Or did even you have a small hint of, Hey, I can't believe Stu and I are battling for a lead. For the tenth year, <laughs> right? Yeah, right. no, hundred percent. Like that vibe was there, you know. Like just whenever you're, whenever you're a part of something, and you, you know, you get to be a part of, you know, the opening ceremonies and and you know the history of your sport. It always brings a a special moment, you know. And 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 Anaheim itself always has something special. 
Um, so I think that just, you know, it just had a vibe and it was cool and, Mm -hmm. and it it did like, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Like that moment when both Ryan's had fallen and, and you know, the race was basically left to, you know, to, to Stu and I, um, totally going through your mind where you're just like, okay, here we go. Yeah. Right. Just like old times here, buddy. Let's do this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, and it was kind of nice to be able to get the, you know, get that one, one, one up on him. Uh, he does end up finishing on the podium. I mean, we've seen the highs and lows. Was he cool on the podium at least in this one? I think in that point in our careers, we were okay with each other, and yeah, um, you know, we I think we were cordial and, and friendly and shaking hands and right. high fiving at that point. Um, yeah, I remember thinking like this fun guy. He did it again. Like I was one of those guys that's like ah. Maybe this is the end, right? I wrote you off. You're like Jason Voorhees from Friday the 13th, which I know you probably don't know anything <laughs> about that. But you like, I remember thinking like, he's doing it again. Here, he's doing it again. And then you won Anaheim 3, and then you were two points out of the lead. And RV was talking to me, I think after, I think the morning of San Diego when you crashed. And he was like, what do you think about Chad? What do you think about Chad? I'm like, he's fucking back. You think? You think he's back? I'm like, yeah, he's back, bro. And you're going to have trouble with him. And he was like, nah, nah. And I'm like, I don't know, bro. I don't think you can count Chad Reed out. That's what I was saying to him. I remember that conversation distinctly uh, by his motorhome at San Diego that nut, but the morning of that race where I was like, oh, no, he's back. <laughs> so, yeah. That's funny because yep. it's like, you know, like it's the, it's the two years I look back at where I really feel like 2012 and 14, I honestly – I can look in the mirror and say that I had a, I had a damn good chance of beating RV in those two years. Yeah. And you know, and it's, it's kind of like, I don't often look back and go, Oh, you should have, could have, could have, or, you know, what could have been, but those two years definitely, you know, because it's like, everyone's like, Oh, what about 06 when you went to tied into the last race? And it's like, I never had it in 06, you know, like Mm -hmm. I, I was just, I was, I was a, a third, you know, a second and a third place guy to be consistent. I won races, right. uh, you know, when my competitors fell down and, um, I just didn't have that same, you know, I didn't have the same level of riding that I did in, ha- in 12 and 14 and just 12 and 14. I was just, I was healthy. I was riding well, the bike was good. Um, and firing on all cylinders and it really, really sucked to get hurt those two years. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. because I think, I think, uh, you know, like that, the next, the next race was like just a, you know, the complete opposite to what that one was. So, you know, you kind of win one from behind right. and then next minute you, you go to the front on the first lap and then you pretty much just dominate. And we, you know, at that point we smoked RV that night, you know, in Anaheim mm-hmm. two. And I, and I'm three, sorry. Three, yeah. Um, and you know, and then we went into San Diego and it's kind of like, you know, good things always happen in San Diego. So mm-hmm. I kind of, you know, I was actually, San Diego was pretty bummed, um, you know, to, to not be, you know, there. Yeah, it was, <laughs> I think you, I, yeah. Who knows what would have happened? You, you know, you would have been the other way you were back though, I think. And, and yeah, I think you would have been in the mix the whole rest of the way. I really do. And, and yeah, the injury sucks for sure um but hey um for this race really good uh uh thought thoughts of you after winning the race of going to the discount tire banner and leaning up against it remember that weege 
Yeah, the it, was, it just looked like all the emotion right there. I didn't pick up the sponsor plug. Oh, yeah, no, I did too. The emotion oh. and then the discount tire. I'm like, this is perfect. Look at this. <laughs> so it was good. good job, Chad. <laughs> There's, you know, you, you learn from your, you know, your heroes and whatever. And there was, there was one thing that I always seen from Valentino Rossi. He, you know, when he went from Honda to Yamaha and he uh-huh. won the first race. And I just remember him like how just, you know, the, the whole world tells you that you can't do something yeah. and, and then you do it. it. There's just something, there's some, there's a feeling in you. It's undescribable. And, yeah. you know, I was riding around and like, you know, like we just said, the crowd was going nuts. nuts. Yeah. And there's no better feeling than winning a race and crowd just being so amped. Um, and at that point, you know, like I was kind of like, I was always going to climb up on there anyway. And then you, I saw the discount banner and I'm like, this is, this is it, you know, <laughs> because, you know, cause when you, you know, when you go out on your own and, you know, and in all honesty, the reason why we had the luxury of going out on our own is because of discount tires. So yeah. it was just, oh, it, was, it was one of, you know, it's one of those moments. There's so many manufacturer, you know, logos around the stadium and, you know, mm-hmm. so as soon as I saw a discount one, I was like, that's it. It's like, it just, every, everything clicked, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually still to this day. It's like probably one of my my favorite. I have the photo all blown up. And, oh, cool! Um, I have both of them. I have one when I was kind of on the ground, and then I have the one when I'm standing, you know, right. up on the on the thing. And it was just like that feeling and the electricity that you feel from the fans at that uh-huh. moment is is unbelievable. Uh, um, yeah, it, it was awesome. Um, especially because, like, yeah, catching Stu too out of all the guys to get kind of back, right? Uh, a little, like you said, big moment there as well. Anything else? Yeah, huge. Just, yeah, just, yes, the, the Stu thing. And, and, and I just think that at that point, like in the season, it was like you, you know, like we had a solid first race. Um, mm-hmm. but it was kind of more of a, you know, I got a good start and, and I just put myself in good place and, and was strong enough to hold on to third. But, um, I didn't have the, pace you know of i think did dunge win the first one or did ryan uh i dunge think dunge roxon oh roxon no, oh, that's right yeah so yeah so so roxon won the first one and then uh dunge was second that's right um and so i just didn't have the pace that those guys did and the feeling wasn't there like i just didn't have it you know and then but you you know you kind of like the you know you got a trophy so then you're kind of like okay that was you know it's not a terrible start to the season i think ryan uh, I think mean, Villo crashed out of the. Well, he didn't. He finished the he main. Finished, but he finished, but yeah, I crashed. Yep. He, he crashed out. Stu crashed out as well. Massive crash in the whoops. Um, I think that's the year he cartwheeled out of the whoops. Oh, I thought um, it was the Dunge year. I thought they hit that year. I was. I got mixed up. My Dunge. Stu no, no, collision. that was. He yeah. was chasing down Kenny and then okay. went flying in the whoops. Okay. Yeah. That, that, yeah. I, that's odd. Yeah, that's odd. So okay. So it was kind of one of those weekends where you you know you didn't necessarily have the pace, but you you know you'd did my typical thing where I picked up the pieces and, you know, started the first race with, you know, 15 points or whatever it was back then, 22. Right. No, what is it? 15. Uh, um, anyway, so yeah, just kind of, you know, and then you rebound from a ninth. It was, that was what made that weekend. Yeah. And then it was, it will, you know, we were a big part of, um, and all four of us were, you know, like obviously Dunge is already a champion at that point, you know, Villo and then Stu and then I, Um, so all four of us, you know, a a part of that, that history. And, um, I don't know, just, there's always something like when there's more cards on the table to play, 
uh, it always seems more fun to, you know, win in those moments. And that was a moment in our kind of our sports history where it was 40, you know, 40, yep. 40 years. You got, a, I think at that point we had almost or every Supercross champion. Um, I don't remember who was missing, but I think that for the most part, almost all the champions were there. Um, so to just, yeah, like do that in opening ceremonies and then come out and actually win in front of those people felt badass. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Weege, anything else for Chad? No, as expected, you pretty much remembered every single thing. So <laughs> what, what are we going to add? Exactly. Right. Perfect. <laughs> uh, what a night. It was cool. It was cool to watch it. I was there as a media guy and I remember I was pretty, pretty stoked that you, you had it. The old guy was still had it. I remember thinking this is, this is cool, man. This is awesome. And, uh, I'm glad we're doing this race. So it was, uh, it was neat. Uh, and it would have been great had you not crashed out of San Diego. Yep. Would have been a great race at the title. Yeah. So. Sure. Yep. Uh, <laughs> all right, Chad. Thanks for the time, man, on the Lee at Re-Raceables. Really appreciate it, man. Hope you're well. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Good stuff from Chad. Uh, yeah. Great memory. <laughs> he told us Amazing. things about that race. So uh, the line Amazing. in the whoops, the line in the whoops, uh, I'm going to go outside and, and, you know, it's going to be safer and slower and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah. 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 And, and through in, you know, very subtle shade toward other riders and other seasons. <laughs> Just amazing. Chad's amazing. Yeah. It's yeah. Amazing. It was great. Uh, yep. So thanks to Chad Reed for coming on the, on the Elite Erasables, um, Maxis and Blends all on there. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was a great night. It was really emotional. It was a big win for Chad. And who, look, I wasn't going to tell him this on the, on the thing, but like, I told the story about RV. RV was, you know, not really worried about him, but I'm like, you need to be worried about him. I don't know if Chad holds on for the 17 rounds for the title, but I think he's there all the way. It is one of the great what ifs, a huge yep. bummer. Yep. Uh, obviously all injuries are, but, uh, to, to not see him. Same thing. Uh, this is almost a carbon copy of early 2012 where he and RV were really going at it and Chad got hurt then. So it's a real bummer. It would have been fun to see how it would have turned out. Yeah, absolutely. Because Chad read with confidence and liking the bike, everything else, right? He uh, Yeah, 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 absolutely. It's a dangerous he was, combo. He was on a roll. Right. Um, this series started so dynamic. You know, Chad, you know, Roxon was great, wins the opener as a rookie. He's right in there. Chad was great for a little while. Stu had a nice run. You always have Dunge to contend with. But somehow by the end of 2014, it was just Villapoto just cruising and winning and completely having no interest in being at the races, yet still <laughs> crushing everybody. Yes, exactly. Um, yes. And the I, most miserable person there. Hold on. Wait, I got to go win the main event real quick. Okay, I'm back. I hate being here. <laughs> Right, exactly. That pretty much <laughs> sums it up. It's great. I remember media guys being like, "Dude, uh, what's wrong with him? Why is he like? Why is he such a dick?" And I'm like, ah, "I don't know, man. Yeah, he's a dick. I got it. He's not a dick to me, but I get it. He's a dick." He so. was he was not in a good place with the racing world um, in 2014, but was just winning races anyway. Yeah. And now he's the greatest retired rider ever, if you ask him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we don't need to tell everybody this. If we had today's Villapoto personality at the races back then, it would have been amazing. But right. he knows it. Everybody knows it. Yep. He was. He was not digging it, whatever was going on. No, no. Uh, just the pressure, I guess. Yeah, this was what uh, he mainly says. So the Toronto race that we talked about with Stu, where we're going to get Stu on here, um, across oh, our fingers, yeah. uh, this is the one where he has he misses, uh, he has to go to the hospital for stomach issues, you know? That's right. Yeah. yeah. So a lot, yep. lot, lot's going on with him. Right. I feel like the beginning of the season, uh, it was just a dogfight, and RV was there for it. It was more the end of the year when these dudes were hurt, and he was just going through the motions and still winning automatically that you really started to see him not enjoy it anymore. 
rewatching this, rewatching this too. Uh, I forgot about the Dunge on Villapoto takedown at the end. So check that out, people. Make sure you check that out for Angry Dunge. Yeah. So he takes out the RCH guys and Weimer, and this is like we obviously did not see much aggression from Dunge throughout his career, but it did seem like whenever he did do it, he picked. Very carefully. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you agree? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He picked guys that he, he knew that he could do do it to. Yeah. yeah. You ne- I mean, how many laps have we seen Dungeon in his career parked behind Chad not trying to <laughs> stick a wheel in there, not taking any chance of, oh, I don't want to hit this dude? Well, we even seen it when he was getting lapped, when Chad was getting lapped. Oh, We saw that also. Um, stop it. <laughs> all right. The Liat. I'm just saying, these guys yeah. know. Like, if you tune up Chad, Chad's just going to get you back. Yep. The uh, Liat. Uh, angry Dunge. Took out Villapoto. Last corner, just straight up, shoulder tackle, block. <laughs> and it was a battle to who could get the bike up more quickly, and RV did, so the positions didn't end up changing. But, yeah. wow, Dunge. Yeah, it was great. Um, re-raceables categories time. Um, okay. let's, let's get into this. Who really won the race? Well, damn it, we, we, we've done this a bunch <laughs> where the winner doesn't win the race. But, once again, what like Seb, like Bradshaw, Chad Reed won the race. He really won the race, and he really yeah. won the race. Yes. Yeah. He, it was, yeah, it was no uh, arguing. Fans were going bazonkers. Uh, mm-hmm. Industry people loved it. It, it was mm-hmm. a truly a great moment in Supercross, and he's really won the race. And I'll give credit here. Stu could have been salty, could have been bummed, but I think even Stu knew. Stu mentioned the cold that he had. Yeah. But even Stu in the podium was totally respectful and like, hey, that's awesome for Chad. Um, you know, even he, I think, had to be like, hey, this is cool. Yeah, um, and like Chad said, they were okay at this point. You know, yep. there was a yep. point where um, they were okay. Chad James said on the Pulp Show he's going to take Chad out for a white chocolate mocha. Yeah, and then literally Atlanta yeah. 2011 happened two weeks right. later, and there was no Starbucks white chocolate mocha anymore. No, no. So. But this one, you know, props for everyone understanding the moment. Like, just let Chad have this one. It was awesome. Yep, um, fans were pumped. Yeah. All right, the. Um, Who's that guy award for this? Um, I'm going to go, like, there was a few few options for me for this one. Um, I will go Connor Elliott, 17th in the 250 class uh, from Washington. No idea. Never heard of Connor Elliott. Good job to get uh, um, 17th. He qualified with the last spot in the LCQ. Um, number 273 on a Honda. Good job, Connor Elliott. He's the, who's that guy for me? Yeah, I like that. I thought – I remember a Travis Elliott from Texas. Yes. When I saw this Connor Elliott from a – I'm like, no, that's not who I was thinking. I have no idea who that guy is. So, good job. Um, um, so, who's that guy for me? Uh, it's, you know, more likely it's going to come – do I have to pick a main eventer? Do I have to pick a main eventer or no? No. No. There's no rules. No rules. Okay. It's like I'll back. No, no rules just right. Yep. If it's uh, – fits. In a race that's won by an Australian. Uh, this is probably bad. I probably should know something about the guy, but uh, Chris Prochel, 19th. Yeah. Probably worked with him for fantasy purposes, but that's all I know about the guy. Yeah. Uh, LCQ-wise, uh, Alex Ray, DNS. Brock Tickle, DNS. Yeah. Um, taken out by Dunge. Yeah, taken out by Dunge. Um, and then um, the guy from France, Alexandre Ruiz uh, from France. Never heard of him. Um, yeah. But Tillier... Valentin Tellier in the mix. Oh, you see some talent in this kid. Oh, I do. I do. He was a uh, 15th on the night in the main event. Oh, in the you were always a Valentin T.A. fan. Always. 
Um, all right. Uh, also in this field, uh, the Teddy Parks is in this field. Got uh, 13th in the LCQ. Teddy Parks, son of Ted Parks of the Privateer Journey or the Teddy Parks Experience. <laughs> That's my name for it. Yeah, the Teddy Parks Experience. Yeah, the, the big privateer operation. Right. Teddy Parks is the son of the man that started it, I'm, I'm sure, to help his son. Uh, and there's Teddy. This is during his racing years, getting 13th in the LCQ. Right. This is yep. also uh, A-Ray Spider Energy. This is 314 A-Ray. This is Fat A-Ray. Might be Pink JT Gay gear. Gear. Oh, Might be okay. that, that A-Ray era. Probably. Yeah. Uh, Les Smith. Remember Les Smith? Oh, yeah. Les. Yeah. 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 11th in the LCQ. Yep. Uh, On uh, Cycle Trader Rock River Yamaha. I do not remember that. All right. Uh, Lit Kid Award. I'm going to go Stu. He looks good. Seven stuff. Look good on the Suzuki. I, I really like his look in this race. You know, that's cool, but uh, you were never a fan of the toothpaste boots. No. And he, and he did have the toothpaste. Yeah, he did. The Garnets. Um, but no, nah, somehow it ties together here. It looks okay. Mookie wore them on Hondas and stuff. I, I didn't like that look. Somehow okay. Stu makes it look good. Uh, don't ask me how. I'm with you on that. I do think it's a strong look for Stu. Uh, just to mix it up, I will go with the uh, TLD boys, which would be both Mookie and Sealy. I think they had a strong kit going for them. Yeah. Uh, where's JT? Lee at Re-Raceables. He's, he's there. Finally done. He's there, but he's not racing. Yes, this is his la- This was the year he. This was the first year he's out, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. he would have been watching with us. Yep. Um, and speaking of watching, Steve. Uh, there's a big moment in one of the heat races, one heat race at Angry Dunge. But also in a heat race, Justin Brayton putting it to Ryan Villapoto straight up, proving that the Phoenix 14 race he almost won was no fluke. He put it to RV. He passed him. He beat him straight up in a heat. Yeah, j- Do you remember us watching that heat race? No, no. But were you, you were- freaking out? No, yeah, okay, so hold on. So okay. if you remember Anaheim, there's always a Toyota suite right next to the press box. Yep. And, and Coy Gibbs is always there mocking yes, us. Yes, yes, he's always, yes, mocking us. He texts us, and then we look yes. over, and he's shaking his head at us or whatever, yeah. Yeah, 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 and he's stuffing free food in his mouth and right. showing us all the free drinks we can't get. But this night, somehow, we ended up in there, and we watched that heat race from the Toyota suite. And their guy, because the team was sponsored by Toyota, Brayton beats the defending champs straight up, and they were going nuts in that press box. And I was stuffing my face at the same time with free food. So <laughs> I do glorious. not remember this. I do not remember this. <laughs> we got in the, in the like, Toyota thing. Okay, year after year, Koi being to the right. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I totally right. remember that. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Somehow we were in there, and and Brayton rallied. Oh well, we probably claimed it was all due to us. <laughs> oh, dude, guaranteed. <laughs> Guaranteed, you told Koi, you're welcome. Yeah, exactly, Guaranteed. for sure. Oh, wow, I did not remember that. It's good memory by you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I do oh, remember yeah. JB wearing the all-yellow stuff and yellow bike for this race, yeah. retro, retro race and everything, but I do not remember yep. that. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Was this skulls and angry gear? Brayton? I don't know. God knows. Uh, maybe. Fitting, fitting his image? Yeah. Him and Hepler. No. Hepler's shift dad with the chicks. I mean, that was... Peak, peak Brock Hepler. When you think on brand. Yeah, and, and then Brayton with the skulls, peak JB. Skulls. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. skulls. <laughs> um, All right, what are the categories we have here? Okay, uh, Lick Kid Award, we did that, Stu. You're going to go with uh, uh, the TLD guys. Where's yep. JT? He's, he's, he's doing the VIP program, um, not missing the racing. 
no. nobody's let go of their pro career more than Jason Thomas, I don't think. Um, the Jacob Barsack Award for the rider who does the best that you don't remember. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go Matt Moss. He was at 19th in the 450 main event. I, I don't even – I just remember Matt Moss – a couple of supercrosses not going well, and then the 450 class, and then I remember yep. Matt Mouse near the end of the Nationals where we made jokes about Roger not knowing who he was. Oh, well, speaking of that topic, beautiful transition, Steve, because my <laughs> Jacob Marsak Award goes to Dean Ferris on a Red Bull KTM, oh. finishing 11th in the 250 main event, factory rider yeah. KTM. Yep. And there was also... No chance Roger DeCoster remembers this. No, no. And also, I probably ranted about Dean wearing 111. I probably ranted about that. Oh, really? But he's not worthy? No. No, the 111 and the 100 are reserved for champions. Now, World you were champions. lobbying for Phil Nicoletti to be 111 here in 2021 in his return to the U.S. Yes. Because of his Canadian Triple Crown? That Canadian Supercross title. Okay, <laughs> Canadian Supercross champion, one, yes. one, one. Yeah. Okay. That's a real championship. <laughs> it was real. So, so Dean Ferris had a really good season in the GPs the previous year. Yep. But his real claim to fame was he whole shot twice. I think in donations. No, I think you're mixing him up. I think he went straight to Geico after that. This was secondary, second chance, Dean Dean Ferris. No, he never was on Geico. No. No, no, he went straight to Red Bull KTM, and From, then uh, yeah, he had, he wrote Dixon Yamaha, and he crushed it. Yes, yes, he, and then there was a big argument because he, I think he whole shot, and then Tomac and Roxon went one two, and he got third. Yep, and then you tweeted, uh, Tomac Roxon one two, and Ferris a surprise in third, and then Burner and Reedy came after your head. Surprise! Why is it a surprise? He's been good all year. Don't you pay attention? Yeah. Yeah, I do that vaguely remember. I, I'm still trying to wrap my head around Dean Ferris not going to Geico, but you're, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah I don't think but he, apparently he, okay. out of that, whatever, Red right. Bull KTM. I mean, this is this is Red Bull KTM being really good, picking yeah. this dude up yeah. as their future. Yep. And it was not good. It, it wasn't good. It was along the lines of Dan Reardon, and maybe that's where I got my mix-up from. Dan Reardon. Oh, oh that's right. Dan Reardon. I, I think it's along the lines of Moss. Dan Reardon running with Chad down under at some race. Chad immediately telling everybody poo-pooing that. Uh, yes. Chad immediately yes. shitting all over Reardon's uh, ride, and then it didn't matter because Geico got him anyways, right? So that's odd that Chad would come at me for a tweet about an Aussie rider, you know. That's true. They were defending Ferris in this case. Yeah. Um, but the Dean Ferris U.S. Supercross experiment did right. not go well. Right. Uh, so there it is, 11th. I didn't even know he did that well. Yeah. No, I, I, yep. I, yeah, I don't remember anything about Dean Ferris. Uh, yeah, not doing well. So. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, that's it. That's the Lee at for another another edition of that. Thank you, everybody. 2014 Anaheim 2. Uh, good race. Uh, really, really good. Thanks to Chad for joining us. Um, yep. Good stuff. Um, thanks for listening again, everybody. Appreciate it. Thanks, Weege. Can't wait. Get Stu on the phone. Uh, I'm working on it now. Okay. Can't wait.